Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, Work-Life Balance Specialist, Deb Crow. Join Deb Weekly, where she interviews the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. I'm very excited, as I am every week, to have two special powerhouse women with me today from the Change Book series. And my first co-author that I'll be interviewing for the next 30 minutes is a lovely lady, and her name is Mari Gresham Best. And Mari is in book H. And her chapter is called The Change is Choice. Mari was born and raised in Scotland. And for most of her life, she often felt the calling to take care of others in a compassionate way. She decided to leave Scotland in her young years as a teenager and ventured off to America all by herself. She arrived during the time of the Vietnam War and had many people to care for. She began her career as a nanny. It came with trial and tribulation. However, it allowed her time to really reflect and see who she could really be. Mari feels that life has brought her every possible consideration to not only live, but to deal with and delve into some soul searching. Mari is a certified life coach today, which she feels is the best way to help others with authenticity. So Mari, I'm hoping you're calling in from sunny California and thank you for being on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. And I'm each week is so exciting for me because we have almost 200 co-authors now. And each week, it's just such an honor and a privilege for me to get to chat to each of the authors and learn about a little bit about you and what what drove you to write your chapter and what 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 was the meaning behind it? So, like I said, you're in book eight, and your chapter is called The Change of Choice. So, you and I have the next 30 minutes together. So, could you tell our listeners in the short time we have, what is, A, your area of passion, and tell us a little bit about your business? Well, first of all, my area of passion is absolutely about making a difference in this world with uh, all of my interactions, however I am being with the people I meet on a day-to-day basis. I'm passionate passionate also about being in the moment, this moment. This is the most important time. And um, going forward, I have a lot of amazing dreams that I I choose to still uh, encompass before it's my time to move off. Um, now, let, let me remind me about the second part of that question, please. So you just told us about your area of passion, which is wonderful, and yeah. we all need to yeah. dream and keep dreaming. So tell us a bit about your business as a certified life coach. Well, uh, this has been actually something I've been doing on an uncertified basis for probably more than 30 years, and then became certified more than 10 years ago. And I'm... So thought about that, uh, that actually came about 
with, from a place of fear. I was afraid that people would not take me seriously if I didn't have some kind of authenticity in the way of a of a license or a, a, a state of where I got my certification, you know. And that's all been part of this process. I realized that is no longer necessary. It is more necessary to step into people's lives and make, create an opening for enhancement in that person's life so that when I meet with people now, I listen very, very carefully to what it is they are seeking and what it is I feel may be in their way. I love to meet with people on a day-to-day basis and listen to their hopes, their desires, and their wishes and know without a shadow of a doubt that I can be of service to them in some way or other, propelling them forward in their lives. Well, Mari, you've just said some really powerful statements there that I I would just love an opportunity to revisit with you. Number one, just, just going back to what you said, you know, over 30 years, you've been assisting people as a life coach, but didn't have that certified title. So you decided 10 years to go ahead and get that certified title from a place of fear. Looking back now, would you do that all over again? Probably not. <laughs> if and if would I you... had, because uh, I was very sure of, what, of who I am and what I was about and about the process. So I felt good about that. Well, and, and take us to that mindset of why you thought or your perception was that people wouldn't take you seriously without the title. Well, uh, now that that covers a whole other area. First of all, uh, part of my life I've been uh, an entertainer. I've been doing cabaret work. People saw me as an entertainer. They thought that you know that that was my that was who I was. <laughs> and uh, so part of the thought process was contained in that arena. And the other was from much, much deeper area. There was a, there was a fear inside of me that um, I have been working on and conquering throughout the years that said to me that I was not worthy. And that, my, you know, we are all aware, is a, a situation for many, many people, whether they recognize it or not. And that was simply what was holding me back. So I had to step through that and then recognize that that really had no bearing on whether I had credentials in a written form. My credentials are within me. And that's what shines now. I I love that. That's very powerful. Another thing that you said is you are a listener and I I feel personally and professionally that listening is a well-honed skill that I think we develop and continually, continually develop as we get older. So you listen to your clients and you, you wait for that opening of enhancement on how you can help them. Do you feel most people are good listeners, Mari? Uh, 
No, that that is definitely not uh, a strong a forte for everybody, and it has not been my forte. It slips in and out as it did in the beginning of this uh, interview when I forgot what you said was the second part of the question. You see, it happens to all of us. We we get wound up in our thoughts and forget that it's listening is the most, most important thing to really think and listen. Well, and I know you're from Scotland, and I haven't been there. <laughs> I hope to go one day. But I, I grew up with a nana who was born in England and had strong roots in Ireland. And one of the best things that she taught me was that we were blessed with two ears and a mouth. And the reason is you're to listen twice as long before you speak. And I remember learning that as a young girl. And I, I think I passed it on to my children. But such a powerful metaphor, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. And my favorite one is the 10 two-letter words. If it is to be, it is up to me. It's about taking responsibility for what you're putting out into life and what you're bringing into your life. Well, and I think I read your chapter, and I think you so eloquently integrated that in your words, in your chapter called The Change is Choice. Yes. Uh, it feels I, good it's, to me. I'm enjoying that. Well, we're such a growing, powerful, global community. And I just, you know, the vision that Jim Lutz and Jim Britt have for this series and, and just where it's going. Tell us what excites you about that. Oh, <laughs> This will take the rest of the program. I mean, there are so many opportunities that spring forth from this. Um, I mean, primarily, uh, right right in the very beginning, you have the connection, I have the connection to all of the amazing people that have lent their words to this, uh, to this amazing series, The Change. Uh, I can't imagine how... <laughs> What what a wonderful gift that is in itself. And then I also have the opportunity of connecting to them personally and being uh, becoming perhaps becoming friends. I can learn from them, and I would like to think that they might learn something from me. Um, the the fact that it is global is extremely appealing to me because I have family all over the world, and. Uh, I, I don't have to travel quite so far these days because, <laughs> because of the Internet and the ability to uh, connect through my writing. And it just already transforms itself through this amazing The Change book series. The opportunities um, for when we're doing workshops or when we're connecting with people to uh, not only share our work but share the work of others uh, in a moment <laughs> to have 20 authors in my hand, as it were, and to be able to share their light in areas that I might not have expertise in. Uh, I could go on. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I can hear the excitement and the genuineness in your voice, and it is exciting. I am in book five, and I get what you're saying, 
every opportunity that I've had, I've done three book signings. So every time I do a signing, it's about all 20 of us. I'm handing out all 20 of us. And the same goes when the other 19 authors in our books, when they do their signing and their PR, it's just such a sharing of amazing global talent. And I can attest to what you're saying. I have so many new colleagues and friends and have ventured into some some collaborative work with some of the authors and just connecting with the internet. You're so right. Facebook, especially in our group. And it's, um, it's hard to put all of that emotion and excitement into a few words, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, and of course I, applaud I applaud the Jim, Jim, uh, Jim Britt and Jim Lutz for their, uh, their go ahead and just doing this and just charging forth with uh, something that is, is a huge endeavor when you think about it. Uh, I don't know all of the close to 200 authors at the moment are under their wing. What a, you know, that's an amazing process in itself. It's wonderful. Absolutely. I I agree with you. So where is your business at now? Are you local, national, international? Where are you now and where are you heading? Well, I have just, my husband and I have just moved to McLeod, California. And uh, I have been in the wane of my uh, practice in in that moment now I'm resurging it in a different way and uh, beginning to do some of my intuitive work here, actually in my home, and uh, I am working on a major project of creating an angel center. And this is, this is my, has been my dream for probably about six years now. And uh, it is definitely coming to light here in this corner of the world. And it will be a global endeavor. Once again, this is not just for McLeod, California. It's for everyone who visits here. So uh, I, can en- I can enlarge on that if you wish. I, I would uh, actually love you to. I think um, just hearing that excites me. Can you tell us more about it and what your vision is? Okay, so my vision is, and I have already spotted the uh, place that this is going to be, is to have, it'll be called the Angel Corner Retreat. And in that, there will be a place for people to give workshops. There will be, it'll have, it has a full stage, an area for people to entertain to on a beautiful uh, stage with all the, lighting and sound that everybody needs. It will have a recording studio with radio frequencies to go worldwide and television also. It's it's going to have a beautiful, the entranceway will be a beautiful angel shop that will hold, well, anything related to angels, Uh, beautiful music, beautiful uh, paintings, and figurines and jewelry and whatever you think about as far as angels will be part of that. There will be an area for children to come and there will be workshops for children at where they develop and they're allowed to, able to develop their art and their music 
They can also use the recording studio. And there will be treatment rooms for people to give um, all, use all these different healing modalities. The pivotal part of the center will also contain a, an area where people come to do outreach for the community here in McLeod. So if you, for instance, Deb, are coming in and you want to hold a workshop there, you're encouraged to send some of your participants out into the community to do community work for an hour or whatever during their process. And this is all part of their their enhancement, their life enhancement. So uh, I think I've covered just about everything. <laughs> That's the center. Well, it sounds like your dream is becoming uh, a well-crafted business plan. Is there a date that you're going to open and launch? Have you found where it's like you have the property? I see the property. I have uh, several people involved in looking at it. Uh, The funding process is the part that we're at now. This writing a business proposal is what it has to be the next the next major step of this uh, whole idea. So uh, it's all coming into, and the people are dropping into my life who are so so connected to this idea. And uh, I'm just, I'm watching it overflow. So I will, let me tell you this, Deb, you'll be the first one to hear when we have first secured the building and second have an opening date. Well, I'm I'm very excited for you and I have a lot of colleagues and friends that all over the world that are involved in different modalities for healing and spirituality. So, I'm I'm just thrilled to hear of your vision and you sound so excited to speak of it. And when when did all of this start coming to be as you were um going along in your coaching practice? Like when when did you come up with this idea? I came up with the idea uh, probably close to six years ago. It was flitting in very, you know, in a very sort of nondescript way. It wasn't, it didn't have any lifeline to it. And my husband and I moved to Sonoma, California, and I felt like, oh, this is a place where the angel place is going to take place. But no, a universe had different plans for me. Universe manipulated me to Mount Shasta, which is one of the most powerful vortexes of the world. And uh, I, <laughs> and as we were here in McLeod, I found a home on a corner that has a direct shot of the mountain. And I knew right then, this is where my angel, uh, my angel, uh, be place is going to start happening. Now we bought the home. Now further down the street is a building on the corner, on another corner, overlooking the mountain again. Well, you talk about um, in your chapter called The Changes Choice in Book 8 that people accuse you of being lucky. And I'd love for you to just elaborate on that because I I don't want to take away the words from your chapter. I'd like our listeners to hear it from you. So can you just elaborate on your being lucky? Well, um, 
when people when people say to me, "Oh my goodness, Mari, you're so lucky," you know, you you get into these situations that seem to be unbelievably impossible, and all of a sudden, and we're thinking they just won't happen, and all of a sudden you bring them to light. Well, I don't think of it as luck. I think of it as fortunate. Fortunate that I have been guided to use the power of manifestation in my life. And so that when I want to have something appear, I always know that it is a done deal when I can visualize it, absolutely visualize it and smell it and feel it and touch it in my, in my you know, visual process. Uh, so it truly is not luck. It is the good fortune of knowledge and understanding of what we're created, how we're created to be. It's a choice. I, I love it. And I love in your book, and I quote you, you say, after all, why would I choose less? Yes, I do believe that I am responsible for everything that shows up in my life. I love it. That is authenticity at its best, tapping into your vision, your passion, the Angel Center. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps talking to you about it. I'm so excited for you. Thanks, Deb. Thanks, Deb. And, and I will take you along on the journey with me. And if you well, ever have any questions, just please feel free to ask. <laughs> Well, I think I think we all grow uh, and and change our level, interpretation, perception of spirituality. And I'm a big believer that if we really want anything, we have to visualize it. And I love your words. You feel it. You see it. You taste it. You've got all your senses aligned. And mm. things don't drop in our life. We think about them. We manifest them. And I often get told the same thing, Mari. I, I hear people say, everything works out for you. But I planned it that way. <laughs> of course. Of course. So You're Mari, in charge. Absolutely. Can you tell our listeners, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Do you have a website? Yes, I do. And it's maribest.com. That's M-A-H-R-I-B-E-S-T, as in the very best, dot com. And I, just so uh, our listeners know, I will post that on our episode info so they know where to find you. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. I truly appreciate this, and I appreciate Jim Lutz and Jim Britt for having this vision, too. This is wonderful. Now, in addition to the Angel Center, is there any programs or events specifically that you would like people to know about that you may be uh, creating or have coming up? Not yet, but please stay tuned and keep your eye on um, all of the posts that are coming up because it won't be long now. I promise. Uh I'm I'm very excited for you. I have to ask about your name. Tell us tell us how your name derived. It's such a beautiful, unique name. Thank you. Well, I was born Mari uh, Gresham Ingalls, and Mari was spelled like M A R I E. And in Scotland, there was two different ways to pronounce that. You could pronounce it as Marie or Mari. And our, my parents wanted it to be Mari. And that was fine as long as I was in Scotland. But when I came to America, uh, everybody wants to call me Marie, which didn't suit me. So I decided to change the spelling 
to the phonetical uh, sound, the phonetic uh, sound of Mari, M-A-H-R-I. And uh, so that was me just giving choice a voice, (laughs) which is my banner, giving choice a voice. Absolutely. Hence the name of your chapter. Have you ever looked up the spiritual meaning of your name? You know, I did a long time ago, but I forgot what it said, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm di- as, I'm, as I'm sitting chatting to you, I'm thinking about what the spiritual meaning, and, and I bet you there's a hidden nugget in there that's, that's a derivative to where this angel center is coming from. So you'll have to, you'll have to revisit that. Yes, uh, I certainly will. And I'm also, uh, just for our listeners, um, I have been given a promise by Doreen Virtue, who's probably the angel queen of the world, uh, that whenever I do open it, she'll come be at the grand opening. So I'm going to hold her to that. (laughs) Well, and Uh, I mean, she is just such an amazing person and, and the energy and intuitiveness that she brings to the world is, it's just remarkable. Right, right. Uh, well, she, she really is good. I wanted to let you know that you and I also have something else in common, in addition to being co-authors of The Change. I was also a nanny. Oh, my goodness. And where? I was a nanny when I went to university in the States. I went to the University of Connecticut in Danbury. And in uh, Ridgefield, Connecticut, they don't call them nannies. They call them au pairs. And it was, oh, probably, yeah. it was probably one of the best jobs that I could have had to start the foundation of my career. And I'm still in touch with that family today. All the children are grown up, but I still remain in contact and I go and visit them every couple of years. So I I was touched to read that in your bio and in your chapter. And I just, I think it's a role that we have. It's a privilege when you're looking after someone else's children. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What an honor. Absolutely. Well, Mari, I have really enjoyed spending the last 30 minutes with you, and I wish you nothing but pure success and increased spirituality, and as your entrepreneurship is going to shine through in the Angel Center, and I now have a lot of new friends in California because of the change, so I'm hoping one day we meet face-to-face, and I'm hoping it's at the grand opening of your center. All right. Deb, and I'll leave you with this thought. Just remember, you're giving choice of voice when you just say you will be here. You will be wherever you want to be. You don't need to hope anymore. That's right. And as Robin Sharma says, you don't need a title to lead, as you so eloquently told us today. So, Mari, you take care, and please stay tuned for our next interview. I certainly will. It's such an exciting uh, role for me to play this radio host on the Changebook Radio. And what an exciting 30 minutes we just had with Mari Gresham from Book 8. And I'm really excited now to move into our the second half of our interview. And I'm really even more excited than I normally because I have a fellow Canadian on the line with me for the next 30 minutes. So I want to welcome Ellie Borden. 
Ellie is a natural leader. She's an entrepreneur. She's a life and business coach. She's a thought out speaker. And like I said, she's a fellow Canuck residing in Montreal, Quebec. Her goal is to help people around the globe become the leaders they were born to be. She's a music lover. She's an amazing mama to two children. She is the creator of two companies, Raw Goodies and Sexy Beast Lingerie. This woman is a true entrepreneur. And what I love about her is if she thinks it, she's going to do it. She's not a talker. She walks her talk. Her chapter in book two is called, It's Much More Powerful Than You May Think, It's the Key. So Ellie Borden, welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. Hi, Mama Hi. Deb. <laughs> so nice so to hear your to voice. Too. Now, you have got so much going on right now, which I want to talk about over the next 30 minutes. But you have multiple businesses, but could you tell us right now, what is your area of passion and what business are you doing now or looking to do in the future? Okay, well, okay, my well, my main, air, I'm hearing an echo, are we good? We're good. Oh. Okay, good. Wonderful. Okay, good. Wonderful. Uh, my main area of passion, I would say, is definitely transformation and empowerment because I feel that uh, being open to receiving both of those with guidance can change anyone's life. And I can definitely apply transformation and empowerment in any business and any um, personal circumstance. So I would say that everything kind of revolves around that for me. Um, so it fuels me uh, to go in many directions and I also have a tendency to uh, like to start many different things. I don't know if it's the Gemini in me. I might get bored a little easily maybe. <laughs> but I like to uh, definitely um, uh, learn a lot and learn about many different industries. So I've definitely uh, been in many industries, and I like to uh, do my best to flourish in them and transform people and myself along the way um, and empower them to do anything that they put their minds to it. As you said, I definitely do it. I don't just think it. I, I definitely enjoy, uh, putting action, uh, behind my words. Um, and in terms of the businesses, um, it's not only, uh, raw goodies. Raw goodies was, um, the main business that I had, um, after I left the music business in New York city, I had the opportunity to work with, uh, incredible leaders in that, uh, industry, great beat makers like Swiss beats and just blaze. And I recorded an album and it, it was quite a ride. And I came back to Montreal to, um, to start a family and my first pregnancy actually inspired Raw Goodies, which is a natural product line. And then that led to my coaching, which also led to helping women refine uh, themselves, that they're not just moms. Uh, after they become moms, they're still women and they still need to fill many roles, um, which led to sensuality coaching and that led to the Sexy Beast lingerie. And uh, that also led to Power Circle Academy, which is a woman's academy. And what we do with that is life coaching certifications and a blend of business and personal development courses. Um, and I'm uh, moving slightly from uh, retail into real estate investing. So that's what I'm currently doing, and I'm loving it, and I'm super excited. And uh, my ultimate goal is to have my own hotel. So, Deb, you have to uh, hold me to that and uh, until I reach that goal. <laughs> I, you know... 
when I first met you and started reading about all the different things that you've done, I finally felt that I met like my vocational soul sister. <laughs> why, Beautiful. We, why, we don't have to settle for one career. And, you know, I'm that, I'm that Generation X right after the baby boomers. And, you know, we grew up hearing that you graduate from high school and you, you know, you get that job and you stay in it till you're whatever yes. age. And exactly. I knew early on that, you know, I wasn't going to work somewhere for 40 years to get the gold watch. And I just, I love your energy. I love your spirit. I love that if you have an idea, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to put it into play and you're going to do it. Well, thank you. And I, I want to take this time to say that I love your energy as well. And I'm so thankful for having connected with you. But on a larger level as well, I'm so thankful that you launched this and you're doing this radio show because as busy as I am, I can't read all the books. So being able to tap in and listen to an interview and really grasp what everybody represents and where they're coming from, what their passion is, and how we can work together, I absolutely love it. I thank you so much for the platform. I think it's brilliant. Uh, and I'm sure uh, Jim Lutz and Jim Britt will, will agree with me. Um, we need more of these initiatives, um, and as as press for time as we all are making the choice, as is my chapter. Uh, I, I love the fact that both uh, myself and Mari are speaking about choice today. Um, I th I, the, the choice that you made is going to impact so many lives, and I'm just very grateful for that. I wanted to thank you for that. Well, and it's uh, interesting that you realize that there was a myth to my madness today that <laughs> this wasn't your original date. So I thought, how cool is it when I was reviewing your bios and your chapters? And that is the theme today because you're both coming at it from a different point of view. So thank you for noticing. Yes, no, it's great. It's wonderful. Now, one of the things that excites me is the coaching that you offer for women. Mm -hmm. And you know on my website, mamadeb.com, that I honor a mom every month. And where I'm going with this is I do that for fun. That's my give back. But I know you're affiliated with the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. And yes. the reason I chose to do that mom of the month is I choose a mom every month from a different psychosocial and social economic status. And I'm always taken aback when I choose a woman to represent and profile for the month and they don't feel they're worthy. Yeah. And I want to just talk about that because I know you have experience and education and I know the work. I've, I've been watching what you're doing and I would just love for you to just let the listeners know the work that you're doing with that center. It's it's um it's, I'm almost there two years now and uh, the way that it actually happened was I was looking for a home let's just say um, uh, I was doing all my private clients I did um, I started actually doing a lot of peak performance uh, work through NLP with uh, athletes and uh, professionals I wanted to get to a, a higher level. And I wanted a home in terms of a wellness center or a therapy center, somewhere where I was going to learn a different aspect and, and it, something where I can throw myself in and I would have to rise to the occasion to figure out how to handle and how to help people from a life coaching perspective in a different environment, not just in my peak performance um, approach. 
So uh, when I was looking for that, a very great friend and uh, clinical director, uh, Sandra Reich, best-selling author. I mean, I can only, I don't know how much I could say about her. Incredible woman. And uh, we decided to join forces, and I joined the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression as their only life coach. It's all um, psychotherapists. So I am loving it because I like to use strategies to move people forward. So we don't stay in the past. We obviously have to source the problem where it's coming from. And, and I'm glad you touched on that because a lot of the anxiety and depression that I'm dealing with uh, from a life coaching perspective is the fact that a lot of it is sourced by self-esteem issues. And as much as we may feel confident, and confidence is much different from self-worth. It doesn't, you can, you know, be confident in your craft, but not necessarily feel worthy in it. And the self-esteem work that I do seems to tap in as a source of alleviating, of of then alleviating um, the symptoms of anxiety and depression. Because what happens is empowering a woman and having her own, her right to choose keeps her out of victim mentality. And in victim mentality, we drown. And so having empowered them, having them fill their worth, understanding where the source of this, uh, the feelings of not being worthy are coming from, um, what type of environment they grew uh, up in, what impacted their life, sourcing that, and then tackling it. Like, I mean, I love sports, so football, let's tackle it, definitely. And then use strategies that uh, on mind shifting, and it's sometimes as simple as language. I was speaking with a client uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're dealing with her assertiveness, and we were discussing um, language that she was using. And she said, well, how do I deal with confrontation? And I said, okay, well, how does your body feel when you say confrontation? And the body feels much different when you say confrontation or you're approaching confrontation as opposed to approaching clarity. So if we are going into a in, an interaction with someone uh, with the intent to clarify what we're trying, what, what, what we have an issue with, it's much more releasing in terms of the body muscles and approaching it and having the confidence to deal with it than if we go into it thinking that it's obviously a confrontation. Same with money, same with relationships, same with anxiety and depression and all of that. So that's definitely something I'm very passionate about is self-esteem work and, and bringing up uh, women to, 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 to get to the place where they're as authentic as possible with, with what they want out of life and what they need out of life because we've shut that down a lot if we don't think we're worthy for it. We don't even know what that is at that point. Am I rambling? My goodness. <laughs> no, you probably can tell no. I'm very passionate about it, yes. No, and I'm just sitting here smiling ear to ear because, again, something else you and I have in common is my background is medical case management. And we absolutely always have to get to the foundation of the of the problem. And we, we're not there to fix people. We're there to introduce compensatory strategies and get yes. them rehabilitated and get them back on track. And, Thank you, you know, yes, I, yes. I love in your chapter, you talk about choice is an expression of autonomy and so many people drown in that element because they just don't feel they're autonomous and it's coming from a a place of fear yes yes definitely and i speak about the comfort zone shifting very much um and and the key is definitely to shifting the zone or shifting your zone and always remaining uncomfortable is that's how i look at it not jumping out of the zone because you're definitely going to run back to the to the middle of it 
um, is definitely stretching it and always feeling those growing pains and always looking for that new challenge to stretch that zone a little bit more. And stretching that zone is what gets us in the 1%. It is what gets us to think about things differently. Um, so definitely I, I agree with you on that. Now, I know in your book, I have to tell you uh, again, and I know I sound like a broken record every week, but this comes from my heart and and a place of genuineness. Your chapter really hit me hard. It was very, I could tell the emotion that you must have had writing it. And one of the points that I want to pull out of it, uh, it's a two-part question, your your mom permitted you to have control at a young age as a young little girl and are you now doing the same with your children <laughs> i love it oh my gosh i'm emotional now <laughs> um so much so much and thank you so much for saying that because there was a lot of emotion behind it and um it's so important, I find, for little girls uh, especially, because we have uh, gone through generations of telling little girls, this is not ladylike. This is not what a lady is supposed to behave like. It's, you know, and, and putting all these rules and assumptions, uh, instead of allowing a girl to develop into what she's supposed to flourish in. And so definitely having experienced that from my mother in a, in a, in a more negative light and in more negative circumstances uh, has taught me to apply that and, and let them spread their wings. And um, even when it comes to discipline, as, as hard as it is for us to, to see, you know, a five-year-old crying about something they can't have, it's so not about us. It's so about what they're going to choose later in life and giving them the choice now and putting the power in their hands to make the right decision and just allowing to gently guide them in the right direction is what uh, where my heart is with, with my kids, definitely. Oh, Dad, well, you touch strings. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I'll be honest, um, I grew up, I was the uh, child, I was the youngest of five, and our mother was an alcoholic. So, you know, there's certain paragraphs that you wrote that really resonated with me. And, you know, like Mari said, the more we connect with each other, we don't realize beyond our 3000 words that we wrote, which was a chapter in a book. It's not a chapter in a book. We've just linked arms with a global community of experts in, in every area of every industry and discipline. And it's all about choice. I could have chose to have carried on and been that mother, but much like you, I didn't have the mom allowing the um, permission to have control, but relinquished the control as I got older and really give my two girls who are teenagers now they have a voice, they have their own mind, they have to have an opinion. And and that's the joy of parenting. And like you said, discipline's not hard, but we grow when we fall. Yes. And and we want our children to be resilient, right? Absolutely. And I, I love, and I, I have to quote this one line out of your chapter because I love it. Quote, the good news is that the subconscious is built upon a cluster of habits. Fortunately, bad habits can be replaced with the good ones, habits that will serve you and those around you. If you want it badly enough, 
you will find a way. If you don't, then you'll find an excuse. So powerful. Thank you so much for mentioning that because a big challenge that I see in my clients is not only sourcing their blocks, um, but knowing is one thing and doing is another. So when they say, you know, I get it on a logical level, and you'll hear a lot of people say that, I understand, I know what I'm supposed to do, I read, you know, 10 self-help books a day, (laughs) whatever it is, right? But the key is, but I don't know how to change it. And so when I tap into that, that it's truly just mental patterns and habits and us changing those connections. And when we're talking about neuroplasticity, I know you have interest in that. And and, and really uh, grasping, well, listen, neurons that uh, wire together, fire together, right? I love that expression. Because if we keep feeding into the same mental patterns, the same habits, we get the same results. And to know that it's as simple as just starting to shift those habits and those mental patterns, that's power right there. That's empowerment. That's getting grip of of your control over your own life and and changing others' lives. So huge. Thank you for quoting that. I actually that's one of my favorite parts actually. I I you know, it's such a privilege to read everybody's chapter and I I just feel like a little kid in a candy store cuz I <laughs> I have I have books 1 to 6. I'm waiting for 7 and 8 to arrive. And it's just it's fun because I'm not reading them like sequentially by the number in the series. I'm I'm doing it as I'm meeting people and interviewing them for the show. So for me, it's just like I've got my own personal library, but I get to know all the authors. So it's, it's I'm the lucky one. <laughs> We're lucky too. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, what excites you about being connected with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz and the Change Book series? Well, apart from the obvious, uh, you know, being amongst greats brings and inspires greatness. And this chapter alone has inspired so much for me. Um, but on 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 another level, it's being part of something bigger than myself and the work that I do and the people that I currently work with. It's the feeling of a movement in unison, you know, with a like-minded goal and passion to 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 really fuel personal development and uh, create change in everyone's life. That is the powerful part. The, the, that, that unison, that, that feeling of community and change at the same time, everybody going at it at once is just incredible. So I'm, I think that's what excites me the most, uh, apart from the obvious of learning from everyone and, um, and being able to have such incredible mentors. I'm, I'm a huge believer in mentorship, a huge believer on folding time, as uh, Jim Lutz mentions many times. Uh, but, yes, on a, on a larger scale of feeling that unison I think that's what excites me the most well I I agree with you there's just there's so many things we could list but the the ones that you mentioned uh I'm in full agreement with you now giving um the coaching that you're doing what's the one challenge that you see repetitively in people that your talent as a coach addresses well, it's uh, a couple of the ones that I did mention already, which is sourcing people's blocks. Um, you know, every coach needs a coach, I would say. So uh, sourcing them, uh, having a third party uh, really uh, dig with you and, and pull that out, that's pretty powerful. Uh, that's a challenge. The knowing is one thing. Uh, doing is another. That's another one of of shifting patterns. Um, and 
Another big one I, I find a lot, which is also attached to the worthiness, is view on money and viewing money as uh, a difficulty or that it has to be a difficulty. And I like to reshift people into thinking that money should be working for you. You shouldn't be working for your money. You shouldn't be a slave to it. Um, lastly, I would say probably com- com- the fact that a lot of people compare themselves with others. Um, and they feel worse about themselves as opposed to modeling excellence. So um, that's another way uh, where you also get into, uh, you know, the concept of abundance and and being okay with sharing your ideas and being okay with asking for help and um, stopping the comparisons and inspiring more of the modeling so that people don't have to repeat mistakes others have made. That's very sound advice, Ellie. Very sound advice. Are where you're at right now with your multiple businesses, are you at a national and international level or is it something that you're looking to do? Yeah, so uh, speaking wise, well, with having the the websites and being able to provide courses through the sites, especially Power Circle Academy, and I also do Skype sessions, I'm able to to do the national thing, but I really want to move towards an international level as a speaker. So more of my focus will be put on reaching more lives at once as opposed to the one-on-one coaching, um, just because I just, the time is just very difficult to come it, it doesn't just grow on trees, I guess. So uh, the uh, the speaking is definitely what I want to push on an international level, definitely. And what is your favorite uh, keynote topic to to do in front of an audience? Well, here's the thing: is that this chapter has inspired something great in me in terms of wanting to speak more on the power of choice. So uh, I originally was writing a book, a full book on confidence when uh, Jim and Jim approached me, and uh, I ended up writing on choice. It wasn't planned. It just happened. And from that, I've uh, I've done multiple speaking engagements on the power of choice, and then it inspired uh, my upcoming book on choice, which is um, uh, I, I approached it like you would a video game. Uh, When we look at video games and they have cheat codes for that, well, they unlock levels and they get you into secret places and uh, they can um, definitely give you unstoppable momentum, right? You just recharge lives. So this chapter inspired the book, which will be out next year, um, Choice, Life's Cheat Code. And so it's about learning how to unlock hidden levels, special upgrades, and unstoppable momentum in life and career. So definitely this power of choice thing has become my favorite thing at this point. I think it's the source and the key to empowerment. And once someone actually owns it, oh, man, are they unstoppable, I tell you. Well, I can't wait to read that book. Make sure I'm on that distribution oh, list. Oh, definitely. Sure. I have you on the list, definitely. Now, tell us, what is, um, do you have uh, a website address? How can people get a hold of you? And is there any programs or events that you've got coming up specifically in the near future? 
Sure. I, yeah, I have actually, if you're in the local Montreal area, until I get to Toronto, um, I have a book signing for uh, this book, uh, for the, the, the change, and also another book that I co-authored a chapter in, which is uh, Here's How I Did It, Top Experts Share Their Stories, Strategies, and Insights, and that came out um, a little earlier this year. So there's that book signing at Cielo Yoga Center with uh, two good friends who are also authors. So it's a Meet the Authors networking event. So I'm excited for that. And uh, also the Power Circle Academy, uh, my women's um, academy online, which is powercircleacademy.com. I'm moving that into a membership structure in the new year. So I'm going to be able to give more affordable access to everybody by through memberships to a lot of information that uh, people currently can only do through workshops and certifications. So that's what's happening with Power Circle, and I'll be doing a lot of workshops and training in Toronto next year, so I'm excited for that. Um, you can definitely, people can find me um, in many places. LinkedIn, look me up, uh, Ellie Borden. Um, my Skype name, if you want to actually book something for uh, one-on-one coaching, is Ellie Borden. So E-L-L-I-E dot Borden is my username for Skype. My Instagram is Ellie K. Borden. My Twitter is Ellie Borden. Um, and there's the websites for the multiple companies, but it's it's probably easier to just go to the blazeyourtrail.expert, and um, people can find me there. And they can also do Ellie Borden uh, at iCloud.com. So you've you've got quite a presence on social media. Yes, I, I it's been a long time uh, building, but I'm so thankful for all the following and uh, the interaction and you know the messages that you get and when we're in the industry that we're in and you get these messages randomly that say you know you've inspired me or I'm doing something great because of this or I got through something horrible because of the chapter or whatever it is. It is just such an a fulfilling thing. Uh, if we're wondering why we do what we do, those are definitely reminders. You know, any sleepless nights we go through uh, to definitely give our clients what they need is uh, all well worth it. Oh, I, I fully agree with you. So we've got about five minutes left together. So I, I do have some burning questions for you. Oh, no. The first burning question is, what's the name of the hotel? Where is it located? And what's it look like? Ah, oh, my goodness. They are burning. Okay. I actually haven't thought of it that far, so let's come up with a name now. <laughs> maybe maybe just uh, Ellie's Place. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But that definitely like I have an idea what it looks like. I definitely know what it looks like. It's definitely luxury and it's definitely very high and it's definitely starting in Toronto and then the second one will be in New York City and then the third one will be in LA. So how about that? Is that is that good? <laughs> well, you know, I was just talking to Mari, so this has gotta be a sculpted vision that you can see and hear and taste and smell and all those senses together. So I wanted to challenge you on that. <laughs> I definitely have to work I, on it. And you know what? I I see you there. I really do. I just I I think anything you touch turns to gold. I just oh, I, I feel you. your your authenticity, your genuineness. I just I feel the catalyst from all of the co authors in the change is we all just 
resonate integrity in all that we do, whether it's the words on a page, whether it's a blog, whether it's a phone call, these interviews, it's just something we all share. And it's interesting, the different countries, we're in 22 plus countries now that Jim and Jim have aligned all these like-minded individuals together. That's incredible. So grateful. Oh, me too. Now tell us about the music. We cannot end this interview without hearing about you're a music lover, you're an artist. So tell us a little bit about that part of your life. Uh, That part of my life was one of the most exciting times of my life, as well as um, the biggest learning experience. Because being from Montreal, it's a little more of, I guess we could say, a a European vibe or a a little bit more of a laid-back vibe. And when I went into the music business, I moved to to actually Brooklyn, uh, Fort Greene, Brooklyn, for three years. And um, I got the opportunity to first meet with Eminem's lawyer, Randy Cutler, and then he kind of just opened it up, and we got a label deal with Warner Brothers and Ryko, and uh, I worked with Dougie Fresh, which was an incredible thing. He did the intro and the outro to my album. And um, like I said, you know, working with people like Swizz Beats, you know, multi-platinum artists was just an incredible thing. But to go to New York City and do it, that's a whole other bag of chips. And to move at the pace that, that they're moving at, it caused me to really step up my game and to look at business differently. And I was also... Um, I moved up and got a position apart from being an artist. I became an A&R for the label. So to be able to work with other artists and get through all the demos and be excited about expanding um, their knowledge as upcoming artists was just incredible. So uh, I would say I learned most most of my business uh, know-how in the music business and also my drive got really... uh, I got kicked in the pants, I, let's just put it that way. And it never left me. Um, New York City does not leave you. It will last forever, and I'm so thankful for it because I, I always move on, on a New York minute. I don't I don't move any other way. I, I love that. I went to university in Ridgefield, Connecticut, so I was 25-minute <laughs> yeah. drive into the city. And you're right, New York leaves a lasting impression on your heart and your soul. There's, it's just one of those cities. Yeah. So what genre of music? It was hip-hop and reggae. I even uh, did a song with Elephant Man. That was a lot of fun. And I left on a high note, and I came back home, and I was very happy to, uh, as I say it, is leave on a Michael Jordan level, kind of. Not at, well, not at a down point, but definitely at a high point. And uh, and take that momentum of the New York City, and I dumped it all into raw goodies, and it was uh, a beautiful thing to do that. Now, were you born and raised in Montreal? Yes. So are you bilingual? Unfortunately not. <laughs> You're not. I'm well, not, I'm not. Well, I just want to say that the last 30 minutes have been a true pleasure, and I consider you not only a colleague in the change, but a friend, a fellow Canadian, and I look forward to uh, being at the grand opening of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I, wish I have you, a room for you, free. <laughs> I, I wish you continued success. So in French, 
the way you say goodbye until we meet again is au revoir à la prochaine. So on that yeah. note, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and join us next week on Wednesday at 1.30 Eastern. And have a great day, everybody.